night, everybody. We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back coming at you from this freezing lodge where the uh, food is all gone, and I'm blaming Fox. I'm so hungry. <laughs> Why would I take the food? We're back, and we're continuing on with our Christmas category. Dan's got a long title. I don't know. Are you going to say it, Dan, or <laughs> I think nah. we got it? I think they got it. What? Dang. I think they got it. So uh, the gist is we're just watching Christmas movies that aren't the popular tradition ones that everybody watches every year. And uh, I picked The Lodge this time. He did. To much dismay um, to some of the hosts here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I picked The Lodge 2019. Yep. But I don't think it was like in most theaters until 2020 I, I don't really know for sure when did you guys see it because you watched it in the theater right terry and fox yeah i think we saw it in like february it was the last movie i saw in theaters before the great inside happened what a shame <laughs> i watched it i think yeah i watched it on hulu but i think it was this year so i don't remember when exactly okay for some reason i thought you guys watched it all together but i wasn't for sure um, this was Dan and uh, my first viewing of the lodge. Yes, the first time taking a retreat out into the cold wild. That we did, and this is gonna be spoiler heavy, so we're gonna talk about this movie and spoil it. So if you don't want that, come back after you've watched it. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> well, he's already showing his hand. Preliminary review here. Um. What'd you guys think of the lodge? You know, despite some of the uh, the naysaying, including my own, because it's it's not an easy movie to watch. I will say, my fiance and I have probably talked about it at least once a month since we saw it. We do get a significant amount of dialogue out of this movie. <laughs> weirdly enough, of all the movies we've watched this year, why? I think there's a lot of nuances to it. We picked up a lot more this time. It's just, you know, I I know what irks you. It irks us too. But I, there, I mean, there is a lot. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> a lot of factors at play. A lot of characters with motives that aren't always clear. I'd argue it's not as nuanced as it thinks it is, but we'll get into that. Mm. Well, what what irks you about it, Fox? Just get it get it out right off the start. Well, I, I mean, I think we could probably all agree the plot is pretty absurd. It's Gotta be one of the stupidest things I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Not going to lie. There's one in particular that just kind of pushes it over the edge for me. Kind of moves outside the realm of, you know, realism they're trying to depict. Yeah, well, what's that? The hanging scene. Hmm, okay. That's just one thing. I mean, the whole twist that they're just faking it the whole time really kind of bums me out. Because um, it, it just kind of ruins everything about the movie that's been building up for me, at least. I don't know. Just the fact that, oh, it was all pretend the whole time. It's just, ugh. Because it was so creepy before that. But then once that goes away, I was just like, oh, well, now I don't really care what happens. Because, <laughs> I don't know, it just became so unsatisfying. Oh, I care about what happens, but it's not what the movie wants me to care about. <laughs> The kids are the spawn of Satan, in my opinion. Not like, not actually, but they're like pretty, pretty dang awful. Yeah. I did not feel bad for them at the end, that's for sure. I feel bad for the little sister. Maybe the sister. Because she, she doesn't seem like she quite understands what she's doing. She does not understand what's happening. The brother definitely does. But the girls, it seems she's just going along with it. Yeah, she doesn't really understand it until the end. She even tries to kind of befriend her early on. Yeah, so that they can manipulate her. Which, these kids are not believable as master manipulators either. Well, they're not! And they, you know, she calls them out right at the beginning of the movie. Maybe we should lay out the plot here, I guess, before we get too deep into the plot details. Who wants to? Mike, it's your movie. Okay, so the plot is basically um, we've got these two kids and their parents are, I guess they're still married, but, you know, they're like separated. And I got the feeling the dad cheated on the biological mom with this girl he's like trying to marry. Is is that right? Or 
he just left her for them. He's at least leaving the mom for her. Yeah. That's what I got out of it. Because they weren't officially divorced when the main chick is at his house, so. Yeah, but it, they could have been separated a long time and just hadn't done it yet. That happens. And so he was moving on and she wasn't. That could be. They just they don't give you enough information to know. There's not enough there. Anyways, the biological mom ends up committing suicide over the whole deal. And so the kids have to move in with the dad. And the dad wants them to meet this uh, girl he's trying to marry that he, like, left the mom for. Who actually happens to be the only survivor of a Colts um, mass suicide thing. And so she's got some PTSD from that. And the dad's like, hey... Let's all go up to the lodge for Christmas, and you can meet her. And, uh, oh, by the way, I'm going to leave you alone with him for a couple days. And, uh, yeah, that's the basic premise. Things start happening. You find out a lot towards the end. Well, maybe not a lot. You find out more. And, yeah, it escalates from there. So let me get a grievance out right at the beginning here, because uh, it's right at the beginning of the movie, too. This movie really wants to be hereditary, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's definitely in that same vein, but I feel like it was already in production before. Well, you know what, actually, and on that point, in its defense, if you've seen these directors' other movie, the other work, hereditary kind of takes some from that one. It's quite a bit older. It's very much in the vein of hereditary in this as well. Gotcha. But I mean, it's uncannily similar. Like the opening 10 minutes is almost exactly the same. <laughs> Leave out the ghost stuff. But other than that, it's almost the same. And I was like, okay. Their other one is very similar. With like the super awkwardness and the hyper realism casualness of it all. Yeah. But like, I haven't seen Goodnight Mommy, so... I don't, does that start with somebody dying and then there's a funeral and then does it start like that? No, but it's a similar, I guess, awkward start. Somebody's bandaged and you can't see him. They've been in a horrific accident. And yeah, I, I've, I've seen the trailer. That's why I haven't seen it because it was really spooky, but <laughs> the trailer was, but um, like it's almost it's not shot for shot, but y you know what I mean. It's extremely similar in what happens. It's got a similar style, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the down to the the characters wailing at it and stuff, too. Oh, the little girl? You know, the kids aren't that good at actors. Tony Collette does a much better job. Well, yeah. Than a kid actor? <laughs> That's not fair, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why they shouldn't have done that. Man, that little girl had me crying, tearing up, even the second time I watched it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They were not good. They're kid actors, and they weren't particularly good kid actors either. I mean, they're serviceable, but if you're trying to showcase anguish, <laughs> go watch Hereditary and Tony Collette. I mean, I, they must have did a good job since I was very much emotionally involved with these people. Let's say, I was pretty moved by the little girl. Yeah, yeah, it's not that bad. I did like something in that first part, though. I liked when they were <laughs> releasing the balloons. Oh. And the little girl thought she could tie her doll to the balloon and it would fly away. Man, I love that. That's so good. I do, too. I liked it, but I couldn't help but crack up at it because it was so funny. I did not think it was funny. I mean, I was still so sad. It was weird. Like, I liked the idea, but the execution just came off silly. I'm like, did she really think that her doll was going to lift up on the balloon? She's a kid. She's <laughs> figuring it out, man. She's smart enough to pull off a master manipulation. She's smart enough to follow her brother's instructions. She's not the mastermind. Yeah. She's killed the dog. She had to open the door. Wow, that's some master manipulation. Yeah, I mean... I mean, she knew that it was probably going to die out there. She must not have realized that when she went outside and saw the dead dog, she seemed very much surprised and upset by that. Well, hey, you got you do stupid things, you got to live with the consequences. Yeah, I love that whole opening. That opening, I think, is amazing. And I think it... Yeah, I don't know. It really hits me pretty hard. 
the movie does. I get where you're coming from, Dan, with the hereditary references because the whole first like part of this movie, they're in like the dollhouse, and that is like the major. Well, it's not a major. It's a like side plot that keeps showing up. And hereditary is the dolls and the dollhouse and the setting the scenes up through that. That definitely is very hereditary. Not that hereditary did it first. I mean, that's true. No, but the way they do it is what is what's telling in this they're both like i would say big budget indie horror movies and they both have that feel i don't know it just got off on the wrong foot for me because i'm like ah look it's hereditary but not as good because they're using child actors and then you've got the dollhouse in there which is honestly it it could have worked but they film it just like they did in hereditary and then it has a plot point later on in the film that is completely stupid that they used it for that but we'll get to that later this then yeah I, I didn't like it i was like this is her discount hereditary with child actors who maybe they shouldn't have tried to do something like this see i'm like the opposite of you i I love like the first half of this movie. I was like, when I was watching it, I heard a lot of controversy, you know, but as I was watching, I was like, is this going to be one of my favorite horror movies of all time? And I mean, it eventually it does, the ball drops and it kind of loses me a lot. But I think they do a really good job of setting stuff up and like, yeah, just character dynamics, you know, awkward social tension, all this stuff. I really, really like it a lot. I'm right with you, TV. Everything you said, I concur there. First half, golden. Yeah, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I think if the payoff was there, it would be worth it, but no, there isn't. Better acting. I didn't have a problem with the acting so much. but I mean, it's not bad, but I mean, when you're comparing it to the obvious inspiration, it's hard to, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and Hereditary is like the best horror movie I've ever seen, so that's a hard, hard, hard comparison. I was going to say, it doesn't seem like a fair comparison, yeah. Maybe not try and ape it then, you know? Like, it, it feels like Hereditary in the first little bit, but then it kind of goes into its own thing, I th I think. It but. does. It's, yes, I agree with that. It does. Um, but it's still that opening. It's like, hmm. Yeah, but that's not a major even, like, thing of the movie, though. <laughs> that could have just been cut, and I don't, you know, it wouldn't have made that big of a deal. Hmm. I don't know. I love it. I think it lines up with the director's previous works. Makes sense in that context. All I knew about this was I saw a, a trailer for it when we went and watched The Lighthouse. I was like, ooh, that looks good. I was like, man, I like these kind of uh, plots with the setting. It's all snow around them. They're like literally trapped somewhere. And I was like, ooh, cult stuff. I'm in. I, I think the setting is my favorite part of this movie. Because it just looks really cool. And the whole snow and the atmosphere, I like that. And uh, I was reading like an IMDB review about this. And somebody was saying the cabin like almost becomes a character. And I, I thought that was a really cool way to look at it. Mm, I don't know about that. I have a hard time understanding even what that means when people say that, honestly. So I don't know. They're saying the location's so good and so creepy that it has, like, a mind of its own. Like, think in Amityville Horror, you've got the the house is bleeding, and then it's doing all this weird stuff. It feels like it's the thing interacting with the family. That's kind of what people are going for with that comment. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, obviously the house is not alive in this one, but it's like they're they're trapped in there, they're confined. It's definitely creepy. It changes over time, wears different quote-quote outfits. Yeah, they can't go anywhere, so they're like stuck there, and that's their lifeline, is that house. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I could have gone for more creepy house stuff, because most of the creepy stuff isn't even involving the house. It's involving like stuff that the characters have, or it's something happening outside when... Um, Grace is starting to go nuts again. Or her flashbacks. Oh, man, those are creepy. I think what makes this movie completely unbelievable for me, though, is the dad. He, How did he think it would be smart to leave his kids alone with somebody who's got some major PTSD, and he's not there? In the first meeting, 
he's the biggest scumbag of this whole thing. Like, yeah, obviously he's not set up to be a good guy. He he forces them to do things the kids don't want to do, and they say they don't want to do it, but he forces it anyways. And then he just like he just dips out on them and is like, "Hey, good luck." I couldn't get past that. I was like, "This is just so stupid." If we maybe had more to see what a scumbag the dad is, yeah, maybe I would have believed it. But I was like, no, there's no way. I mean, but there's no way he could predict that his kids were going to, like, mind... Do (laughs) something evil. (laughs) Yeah, psychologically destroy his girlfriend. Like, there's no way he's going to predict that either. Like, if all else fails, they just kind of had an iffy weekend, you know? Like, that's probably what he was thinking. like, this is a chance for them. They're forced to interact with each other, you know? I I get where he's coming from. Yeah, but I mean... Their mom literally committed suicide six months ago. Yeah, it's a little soon, obviously. And he doesn't see any of these signs. He doesn't pick up on anything anyone's feeling. Oh, part of that is because Grace is hiding it from him. Like, I mean, they showcase it pretty well when she's always hiding her pills whenever he shows up. So I got the impression he didn't know that she was still having a hard time and the way she acted around him. Uh, cause they're not together all the time. She pulled off being okay. So he's like, all right, I, obviously he trusts her and stuff cause he wants to marry her that year. So in his mind, it was going to be a good way for her and the kids to, I don't know, bond, but get used to each other. Cause that's how it's going to be. And I, I disagree that he doesn't care about the kids because i mean they show the little thanksgiving dinner when grace comes over and then he tells her to go away because the kids aren't ready for it yet so i mean he obviously cares about the kids i don't know that's not what bugged me about this i know a lot of people think didn't like that part and i see why but i think that was the least of this movie's problem <laughs> yeah see that's what bugged me the most i think is i was like yeah, this is so unbelievable, and I I just don't get it. And after that happened, I was kind of like viewing the rest of this movie like, oh my god, this is just stupid at this point. Why? <laughs> like, this should have never happened this way. And it's all that guy's fault. Uh, I would still blame the kids, honestly. I don't think it's his fault. <laughs> I, I disagree, because if he would have, instead of forcing this on the kids, if he would have like tried to work with them, been slow about it, instead of just like, oh, well, no big deal. You know, you're going to do this whether you want to or not, because I want it to happen. And she's going to be a part of my life when his kids are, you know, his life. <laughs> well, he did. He stayed that extra day because they needed the extra day with them there. So, I mean, he's trying. Like I said, I mean... He can, who was going to expect the kids would go psycho and like try and destroy her mind? He's so unaware of the kids, though. He like does not get them at all. Yeah, I mean, if he would have taken it slower with the kids and everything, I get that would have de- defeated the whole purpose of this movie. But like this whole kids going and manipulating her and doing all this n- terrible stuff to her to bring back her PTSD, that probably wouldn't have happened if he wasn't such a scumbag. Yeah, I mean, I agree he went too fast, but ultimately, I think the blame mostly falls on the machinations of the children, because that's the cruelest part about it. It's just a weekend, yeah. That's the point this movie wanted to make, too, you know? So they were going to ham-fist it however they wanted to make it work. I mean, I think it adds a lot of social anxiety and tension to it, which i that's a lot of the stuff I like in this movie anyways, is the awkwardness between... um, the dad's girlfriend and the kids and stuff and it brought a lot of that stuff to it so i think that's a lot one of the stronger points of the movie even you get a lot of that yeah just that awkwardness of her trying her best to you know get these kids to hang out with her and they're just like locked up in the room or just ignoring her man little girl comes out pretty quick though yeah yeah i think she kind of tries to befriend her i don't think she gets that they're like gonna psychologically torture her I think in her mind, it's like a YouTube prank. I don't know. When she, when she had her watch the movie um, of the Christmas gift they made for her dad, that was pretty rough. I mean, even as a kid at that age, I think they would have at least had an idea that that probably wouldn't be a good thing. They're not that young of kids. She's like eight years old or something, man. She's not eight. She's pretty young. Still, they're eight. They know better. 
I don't know. I don't know if she understood. I think they were talking about Christmas presents, and she was like, hey, we made one for my dad. I felt like she was trying to make a friend there. It's it's so hard to tell. They know what they're doing. It's not like she's, like, five or six or something at that she's point. She's eight. <laughs> yeah, she's had, what, three? If she was five, that's three more years. That's a long time. But still just a young kid. And she has her insensitive, neglectful father and her crazy religious mother. That's like third grade, Dan. Yeah, but still, you, you would know better than to do that. Kids do some pretty horrible things in third grade. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Y- you'd, you'd know better than that. <laughs> Not everybody. I'll just say that. I don't know. I mean, there's this whole like YouTube prank culture now. The times are different than they were when we were kids. Not to sound like an old person. <laughs> and see, even if they were going for that angle, Fox, they don't set that up well. Like, nothing is really set up well in this movie, I think. Like, it's just trying to get you to certain pieces and jumble it all together to make some kind of psychological thriller, I think. I think the brother is the one to blame, is all I've said. I think the little girl doesn't fully understand, and the little brother's a psychopath. Yeah, I just wish we would have had more setup for the brother, though, too, because that's not really set up super well. Because it just kind of like comes out of nowhere, you know? Regardless, this, this is a fault with the writing, because all of this discourse we've had over the characterization of the kids could have been avoided with good writing. That's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, this has kept us talking since we saw it, you know, back at the start of the year. And it's not because it's good, it's because it's junk and we're trying to make sense of it. That's why. Not because it's good. I don't know. I like the first half. Yeah, I think the first half's pretty awesome. The ambiguity of it is, I don't know if if that's a bad thing or not, but... I'm talking about the characterizations, not the actual first half of the movie. Just like the motivations and characterizations. I think they give us just enough. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get why everybody's doing what they're doing. I mean, I guess I don't know exactly how large of a role each one plays, but I get why both of them are doing it either way. I get it, but I don't sympathize with it. No. I do not endorse the behavior. (laughs) No. Obviously not. Do not (laughs) do that ever. (laughs) And that's another problem with it. It's like what they're doing is so awful, like so, so bad compared to like what a normal kid would do it's almost unbelievable that's how bad it is like this is some omen level crap you know and it's like you expect me to believe these two kids are doing that because they're sad that she's replacing her their mom i'm like that's like (laughs) taking it way way too far nobody in their right mind would do it i mean a lot of serial killers do pretty weird stuff when they're young as kids even which i could have gone into that some more too in that setup instead of ape and hereditary maybe use it to flesh out the characters a little better you know i mean i don't know how they would have used that but the little brother obviously has some pretty deep like psychological issues he's a creep it's not like they're trying to hide that what the kids are doing they're not trying to hide it which baffles me why they even (laughs) did it like that in the first place i think they are until a certain point i tell you right at the beginning what they're gonna do they have all the props in his suitcase at the beginning but you i mean i didn't know what that was the first time i watched it that's fair we and i are the first time but as you go along you know you see the props and you're like wait a minute well there's multiple shots of them showing like what they use to pull off the prank too or prank i shouldn't call it a prank because this is not even close to being a prank but it's like when after he hung himself they take that shot of the attic when i think grace went outside i don't know somebody was outside and you can see the 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 harness yeah the harness and stuff and it's not like they try to hide it which i don't get why they try to hide it up till that point i think though i mean that's the reveal like that it was all a prank I don't think it ever tries to deny that the kids are doing it. I never feel like it tries to deny that. I think any, like, in my paranormal things we see is on us, the viewer. When she comes back in, like, that picture of the rest in peace for the kids and then that printed out 
paper or whatever they have with all their deaths on it. I mean, it's like, it's pretty obvious what's going on, <laughs> I thought. I didn't think that it was supernatural at all, right? And and they don't do a good job trying to confuse you, which it's just so bad. <laughs> I would say the first, like, 30 minutes, they do a decent job. <laughs> what happens in the first 30 minutes? There's, like, Grace's weird sleepwalking. There's the creepy organ music scene. You don't know that he has a little speaker. I mean, they show it's a dream. When she's playing the organ, I don't know if it's a dream. I think she sleepwalks and does crazy trauma stuff, and that's why she needs her meds. I mean, that's fine. There's nothing supernatural about that. But it just is weird to us. We don't know. It's ambiguous. I think she's, like, kind of nuts already, though, is my point, right? She needs the pills to keep her in check, and literally she misses a day, and it all, it all goes south right from that point. Well, it's because of them kids. They're being <laughs> jerks. Right. It is because of the kids. No one's saying it's not. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she missed her pills, but the thing is that the kids are bringing back all these, the suffering she went through in the past to try and get her the snap. But in the first 30 minutes, it's just not always super obvious what's reality and what's a dream is what I'm saying. She, they cut to her opening her eyes in the bed. <laughs> I thought it was pretty obvious when she was having a dream. That she was sleepwalking or having a dream? I mean, she's she's asleep, so she's having a dream, I mean. Because, like, the organ scene is obviously, like, her walking around the house not having a dream to me. She could be asleep, dreaming, and sleepwalking at the same time. That's true, but we're not seeing what's in her head. We're just seeing her do creepy stuff around the house. Right. So it's makes them intercut. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's creepy imagery, which makes me think... It, something spooky is going on. Like, yes, exactly. That's what I've been trying to say this whole time. <laughs> something spooky, yeah, but it's not supernatural. Man, the whole reason I was mad at this movie is because I thought there was something scary, supernatural going on, and then suddenly it was like, oh no, it was the kids doing all along. Like, that's the whole reason I'm mad at this movie. Yeah, and that's why I found it really boring through most of it, too, is because it's like, I know it's the kids, they're not hiding it, and it's like, it's obvious it's them. It fooled me, so maybe I'm an idiot, but I'm just saying, it's not It's not that obvious. It's not obvious for the first 30, 40 minutes, I don't think, until the second time around. After that, though, I mean... Yeah, after that, though. And that's what our problem is, is that they take it all away after they set it up. I never bought it was supernatural, like, at any point during this. Well, that's... Better or worse, I guess, because that's where all the strong stuff is, is the supernatural stuff for me. And then once it's yanked out from under me, it's like, oh. But it's not even that supernatural. It's just, like, confusing to be confusing. Well, not that everything has to be the conjuring. Like, it can be, like, a mild-like thing. Like, Hereditary was pretty mild on the haunting aspects. Yeah, it was, but it was creepy because you knew there's something supernatural going on. And in this, you don't know for sure. It's something spooky. Yeah, I think the, well, kind of separately, the marketing for this movie is completely wrong. The trailer makes you think that this is going to be a cult movie, and it's not. It kind of is, I would say. It has, like, the cult underlying thing, but that's not a main focus of it. I thought they were going to go up there, and a cult was going to come after them, and that's what I was wanting. And uh, that's what the trailer kind of sets it up to be. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the trailer, but that was like what I remembered from it. And uh, you don't get that. And yeah, like you said, TV, it the cool stuff does get ripped out from under you. And you just kind of feel robbed. I That's what I felt like. Like I was pissed off at the dad and robbed from what I wanted this to be. They're like, oh, look at us. We got a cool twist. Yeah, look at us subvert your expectations. Like, I guess what my theory was, was like the cult was right. And like this whole religion thing was true. And like, whatever, like God or deity was like trying to get her back. You know, she was supposed to be one with the flock or something like that. And it was like slowly haunting her and coming back to her. But, um, no. I thought they set it up when they were saying they were in purgatory. That gas lantern, I thought that killed them in their sleep. That's what the kids wanted you to think, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't go that way. Instead, they had the mastermind kids pull off their evil plan. 
the kids knew the movie you both wanted. <laughs> yep. Dang it. Another reason to hate them kids. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we keep saying the kids, and I feel like 98% of the masterminding is that little boy. I don't think the little girl really gets anything. And if it, she almost botches it when she calls the dad. She was not supposed to be talking on the phone with the dad that much, I don't think. And I don't think the brother was supposed to be peeping on the, the girlfriend either. Uh, yeah, I'd say not. <laughs> what a creep, man. Hold up. This dad was Thorin Oakenshield in The Hobbit. Yeah. Richard Armitage. You didn't get it from his commanding presence when he was on screen? He did have a commanding presence. He also voices Wolverine in the Marvel's Wolverine podcast. Oh, does he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he does a good job, too. Yeah, I mean, he was good. I think... I didn't have a problem with the acting in this movie like you did, Dan. My mind was mostly the the kids and Grace I didn't think were very good. I thought Grace did okay. They were fine, but they weren't great. I think they got the job done. Everything I'm mad about is the way the story unfolds and the writing and that kind of stuff. That's the main thing I have a problem with. Yeah, like they're not bad, but I mean, with the subject matter, you would expect a little bit better. Like hereditary. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, most of these horror movies are all terrible acting and stuff nowadays. I also feel like it's kind of unfair to demand every movie be the same quality as hereditary. Like, if that's our bar, then we're never going to be satisfied again with horror movies. If you're going to cover this kind of subject matter, I think your actors should be able to convey it, like, really well. I mean, I was pretty satisfied with how they conveyed it. Yeah, I think they do for me, but that's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I mean, look at the kid actors in Hereditary. They do much better than anybody in this one. Well, the only kid actor in that was the little girl, and she was uh, just going, <laughs> the whole movie. She was so creepy, though. I bet this little girl could have done that. It's two very different things here. I mean, to give this movie credit, I loved the setting. I thought the cinematography was pretty good. Yeah, I think it looks amazing. Yeah, I got nothing to complain with there. I thought the acting was good. The trippy sequences are cool. My my main problem with it is just the, the story, the way it unfolds, and there's no payout. Yeah, the only like comparable example is, like for me personally, is like when I went to go watch Batman vs. Superman for the first time, and I was like so excited and like, it was good for a bit, and then all of a sudden I just hated it. That's kind of how I felt with this. Maybe not as extreme, but it was like I was loving it. I really was like, wow, this might be one of my favorite mo like horror movies ever. And then, yeah, just to suddenly feel that rug just get pulled out from under me and be like, what? Huh? The kids did it? No. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I got pranked, yeah. I, I will say people are pretty torn on this movie, it seems. Um, like, you can look at the the score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a seventy four percent critic uh, tomato meter and a fifty one percent audience score. It's a seventy four. Wow. Some people like it. Yeah. I think it has promise. It's it's uh, got a six point on IMDb. So you know it's kind of it's torn to get there. Some people really like it. Some people are like this is trash. It it is a pretty divisive movie. Yeah, that just depends if like that bugs you or not, I think. It's that whole thing in the middle where they reveal what's going on. I do think there's like some tension left, you know, after that big twist. You know, once you know, then it's, is this girl going to off these two kids alone in this house? Like, did they push it too far? So I do think it maintains a bit of tension, but it definitely shifts like horror genre from supernatural religious thriller into like psychological man versus man person in the house yeah something like the shining yeah kind of oh don't even compare it to that <laughs> well if we're gonna throw out hereditary we, we might as well compare <laughs> to the shining <laughs> well the whole like the characters going crazy and mad and insane is it supernatural is it not yeah like that is it just cabin fever that's so much better in The Shining, though. Oh, my goodness. Back on your point about it, it's like when you're talking about it halfway pulling the rug out from under you and how, like, the writing's bad. Once you learn that, like, going back through the rest of the movie, too, it's just ludicrous. 
trying to believe all the things these kids did to screw with this poor woman is ridiculous. Like, do they really expect me to believe that when she was asleep, they went and stole all the decorations, all the clothes, all the food, and snuck downstairs and put them in there and turned off the power without waking her up? They gave her a sleeping pill. They drugged her? Okay. So you got me with that one, but there's still a bunch of other things like that. That's the one that stood out the most to me. It's still bad, though, because thinking that Grace wouldn't find it, I mean, in the basement? Come on. It's not like it was hard to find when they showed where it was. You know, I did catch this time, like right when she wakes up and it's all gone, she's like, is this a joke? What are you doing? Like... What, like, what even is this? And the little boy is like, oh my god, like, how did she figure it out so fast? And it's almost up until the little sister is like, Grace, come to the kitchen! Like, I didn't catch that, like, the first time, how close, like, he was to, like, the jig is up. <laughs> that very first moment when she wakes up and immediately guesses that it's all, like, a thing he's done. That would have to be something you catch the second time around, because, I mean, you don't even suspect that the first time. At least I didn't. No, that, that's part of why I didn't believe it was anything supernatural at all is because, <laughs> because of how the kid has interacted with her during that. It's like, it's obvious that's what happened. I mean, they're, they're not doing a good enough job at not being believable. I just said it, it I didn't suspect it at all, though. So, yeah. Well, to me, if they would have acted better, right, it made it more believable. Instead of just sitting there and being like, oh, oh, she figured it out, you know? Well, but I think that's kind of the point, right? Is that they are, like, not great liars. And they're spending this whole time trying to convince her. Like, if they were too good at the lying, then it would be, like, too good for us the second time around. They're not good at it. Yet they pull off this master manipulation plan that works. It's unbelievable. Well, they got her whole background information. And she's also like a crazy person off her meds, so that kind of helps. The dad had wrote everything down in, uh, what they say, his books. Like, he wrote about her. He wrote about everything she went through. So all they had to do was go into his office and read it. So, like, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, but still... <laughs> some of the stuff they pull off, like the hanging... The hanging is the worst. I, that's the one that does it for me. Killing the dog? Is that too? I don't think they meant to kill the dog. No, they didn't mean to, but they still did. And that was the other thing. It's like, they're not good at acting like they didn't do it. So for me, that wasn't believable. And then it wasn't believable they could pull off all these stunts and get away with it. And then the other thing that... <laughs> that was so unbelievable is when she does snap the kids are both like oh no what have we done i'm like what did you expect was gonna happen you you little jerks what did you expect it's so unbelievable did you not think this through did you not think that was gonna happen I don't think they're, like, experts on PTSD and, like, trauma by any means. I mean, they're experiencing it themselves. Then how are they able to pull this off? It's just so unbelievable because the writing's so bad. I don't think you have to have an understanding of PTSD to pull off YouTube pranks. This, these aren't YouTube pranks, though. These are, like, above and beyond. He gets it from the internet on his phone. You gotta think, too, that these are kids. They're still learning that their actions have consequences. They don't realize, you know, how far they're taking this, I don't think. They're old enough to know. If they're old enough to do that hanging stunt and get away with it, they know better. <laughs> little boy, maybe. Little girl, I don't know about. I, I, I agree a little bit. Like, I don't like where they take this, but I do think it is somewhat believable. I don't think it's as bad as you're making it out to be here. I don't. It's so contradictory. Everything contradicts itself in this movie. And then it's just capped off at the end when they're hiding in the attic and the little girl's like, I gotta go pee. And the, the boy's like, don't go down there. There's a crazy woman with a gun down there. And guess what? She goes down anyways. 
She doesn't get it. They just saw her snap and like going around with the gun and everything. I'm That's like... That's the point. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the capstone to how contradictory and stupid everything in this is. It's like you expect me to believe these kids who can't lie to save their life are pulling off these master plans and then at the end are still doing stupid crap. It's so contradictory and absurd that you, it's like, I just laugh at it. It's ridiculous. She was obviously in a very fragile state anyways, and she wasn't comfortable being there. And then she took, or they took the meds away from her. Well, she said she was fine with it. She could say that. And then, I mean, how many times have you said one thing and you're like internally like, oh God, I don't want to do that at all. She's trying to make it work with the dad. He's like, hey, I think I better stay because, you know, if you can't handle it, I'm going to stay, you know, since you can't handle this. And she's like, no, no, I'll, I'll handle it. Because what's she going to say? He, like, makes her be like, I'm okay. Considering what she's been through, be like, I can't do it. And then he'd be like, okay, then let's rearrange and try something different. Maybe he could be a good person in the first place. He showed he was open to it with his kids at the Thanksgiving dinner when he sent her away. He's got multiple motives. You know, he would stay if she said, hey, I can't handle it. But the way he phrases it is like, okay, well. And she's in the same state. She wants to impress him and see, show him that she can't handle it. It's, yeah, it's just a bunch of social horror, I guess, you know, like the awkwardness. That's what this movie's doing. And I, I like all that stuff. Yeah, I don't think the writing is strong enough to justify it. But <laughs> that's that's my opinion on it. Like, yeah, obviously the payoff's not there for a lot of people, and it tricks you one way and then switches it around, but I wouldn't say it's, like, terrible writing. I'd say the plot structure is what's bad in this. Yeah, it just goes in a direction I just don't like. That's the problem. Like, yeah, I mean, they set things up and stuff, you know. I guess it's there if you want to find it. That's all a prank the whole time, you know, but also I just the fact that it is a prank is... Just, ugh, I just don't like that plot development very much. It's just a prank, bro. Come on. It's just a prank, dude. Chill. <laughs> Dang it, you got me. Meddling kids. Yep, it's always them kids. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those <laughs> dang kids. Could have had a normal life. <laughs> right. I could have lived and had a happy life, but now I've murdered three people. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know what else is absurd? This all went down in like two days. That's true, actually. There's at least three nights. He said he'd be gone two days when he left. Yeah, but there's at least three nights of this. Yeah, and <laughs> so the time doesn't line up, and it's ridiculous that it would all go this badly in that amount of time, too. I wish it had been like a week, I think. That would have made it better. That would have been more believable. Yeah, I mean, we just don't get enough time with, like, Grace's character. She's, like, right on the edge here still. Yeah, we don't know how far along her recovery has come. And, I mean, PTSD is a terrible thing, and people just snap sometimes with it. And it's it's unpredictable. So we don't have enough time with her character to know how fragile she actually is. It's almost as if... You write good characters, and that <laughs> really helps out with your plot and your story. I think the character's fine. That information would make things better, less ambiguous. I would say we can tell a little bit, because even when she's taking her, her medication, she's still having these, like, dreams and flashbacks and stuff. So she, her, like, psyche is not in a good spot. So I can see it going down in, you know, a 48-hour time period. Combined with all that stuff, the kids obviously are messing with her mental state. She's trapped in the middle of nowhere with them and cannot get away from it. I think that's fair to happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind some ambiguity. I think that's fine. It causes good discussions like this, but I think my just my my mental state is a little like inked because of just I don't like how the movie ends. So that's just like <laughs> I'm more like, uh, susceptible to leaning towards negative than positive. Cause... Ambiguities. Ambiguity's good when it's used correctly. The ambiguous stuff in here we're talking about is information that we needed to better understand these characters and how they all ended up in the 
crap show at the end of the movie. I don't think we need to, to understand. It might fill some gaps in, but I don't. I think I understand all the characters decently. It would have made it work better. It might have helped. I'm not saying it would have made it work like <laughs> at like a hundred percent, but you know, it would have given you more understanding, and maybe you could have understood how it spiraled like this for everybody if we had that information there's a difference between leaving out information just to be ambiguous and then having ambiguity in there to heighten the tension and the scares well i think they i understand where all the characters coming i get why they're all doing what they're doing like i like this backstory would be good but like i said i mean they do a good enough job for me with what they give me that I think I get it, you know? Like, I think it's good, and I can contemplate on what their backstories are and stuff, but it's just not important to what they're trying to do, I don't think. For me. It'd be important for Grace's character. I kind of like the, like, eeriness of I don't quite know exactly what happened to her and stuff. I, I think that's really creepy, like, all the flashbacks we get and stuff. With doesn't really tell you, but you kind of get a, an idea. I think there's also a lot of stuff in the scenes in the background that happens that gives info about the characters like um the first time around i really did not pick up how religious the kids were but then this time it was a lot more apparent and i think a good example is like whenever they're having dinner in the lodge the first time the grace and the dad have meat with their dinner and the two kids just get served mac and cheese because it's a friday oh i didn't notice that so the kids are super religious, and not only, like, are they super religious, the dad is now with this gal from this heretic cult <laughs> who's, like, yeah, not of their religion and is, like, standing against everything theirs is for. I think it's also why they're so angry about the mom committing suicide and why they feel like she was driven to it. So I think we do get some more character development from, like, the background and the set pieces and just some information about their motivations and feelings as well. But we could have used more for, like you said, is the daughter just going along with it? Or is she got evil intent and stuff? And then how long has Grace been away from the cult? And how is her psyche at this moment, right? Because we get little bits of it, but a more would have been nice to flesh this out and make it stronger. So what did you guys think about the ending? Where she's got the kids, like, tied to the table or something. The chairs. Oh, I don't know if they're tied. I can't remember. But she does tape duct tape over their mouths. And it has the word sin written on it. What do you guys think about that? I like the imagery of it. I think it's really cool. Um, and I, I mean, like I said, I don't care. I, I was pretty mad at the kids. Like, I was like, well, I don't really feel that sorry for them, honestly. Um, but I think the imagery and stuff was pretty, pretty awesome. Do you think she's going to force them to commit suicide? I think she's going to blast them. Yeah, I think she's going to blast them. <laughs> I think they're dead either way. Yeah, I don't think they're making it through that. Yeah, I I like the imagery of that. I just wish that scene would have happened a lot earlier in the movie. <laughs> yeah, cut like an hour and 48 minutes off and been good. Well, that or I mean, just have her go full on snap back to the cult, like, halfway through or something you know maybe the dad could have came back like after this had happened that might have been nice but yeah I, I, I thought it was fine i guess like i'm still mad about how they changed the story but i mean the ending i guess if they're that's the what direction they want to take the story then do it you know like <laughs> those kids are pretty horrible and so they're gonna get a pretty horrible end i guess so it is almost like an old-timey fairy tale I did think of one other thing before, before we move on. When I watch a horror movie, usually I'm scared in the moment, you know, but afterwards it doesn't really, like, haunt me. But for whatever reason, the first time I watched this movie, I was spooked. I, I was still mad about the ending and everything, but man, like, when I got had to go up and go pee in the middle of the night, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this movie struck a chord with me, but I don't get spooked afterwards from horror movies that often, but this one did, so... That's something. They got into my psyche. Man, it's the social terror for me. This hereditary midsummer anything with social awkwardness haunts me for weeks. Skip in the middle of the night, I'm so concerned someone's going to be awkwardly crying in my doorway, and I'm not going to know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in my house? <laughs> I guess that's an option. 
I think it's just a lot of the like um, this religious horror kind of stuff kind of spooks me sometimes. I don't know. That gets under my skin a little bit. Ugh, just the idea of it, man. Spooky. Yeah, when it's done well, um, it's really good. Emphasis on the done well. <laughs> well, obviously it was for uh, TV a little bit. Got <laughs> Something him, happened. Got them spooked in the middle of the night. It's just that first half, man. I loved it so much. And I think I just kept thinking about that part, and it was really scaring me. Man, that's a fun feeling. I haven't had that That feeling. ain't fun. What are you talking about? <laughs> I haven't had that happen in a long time. <laughs> this movie caused a lot of conflict conflictions within me because, yeah, I was like, I'm so mad at this movie. But then I was like, but I'm so scared. <laughs> and it's like, why? Oh, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird movie. It is. Hmm. Well, are we ready for some overall presentation? That We've been uh, pretty heated about this movie for a little bit. So I think so. Yeah, I'm good to go. All right, so we got a scale we use to rate these movies. They go from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it, in that order. We all give a little spiel about what we think, and then we try to average out our scores at the end if we can. So who knows where this will end. I have some inkling, but we'll see. But, you know, before we start, I always like to kind of share a little, like, I guess, Terry trivia or something, a little story from my past. Um, There's this one time where, like, I had to babysit these two kids out at this, like, log cabin in the woods, it was really snow. It was really close to Christmas. You know, a lot of holiday stuff going on. It's kind of weird timing, but you know, he was desperate. He needed somebody to watch the kids, so I did it. But, you know, one night I fell asleep, and then everything in the cabin had changed. All the decorations we had set up had been taken down. And enough the food was gone, and all our clothes were gone. It was very mysterious. And the kids come up and they're like, Terry, what is this? And they came running up to me with this little note. I was like, I don't know, what is it? And on the top it said, run the reel. And so I opened up the note and it said, just remember, Mike goes first. And then I woke up and it was all a dream and everything was actually fine. <laughs> that, that's good. <laughs> that, were you babysitting in your dream or was that real? <laughs> it's ambiguous. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Am I still dreaming? That's the question. <laughs> um. Uh... Okay, I'll just go here. I don't got any good quips <laughs> to come back with that. But, uh, you know, I've had this movie on my, like, watch list for a while, and I finally found a category that I could force you guys to all watch it with me. <laughs> so, like, Hooray! Uh, so, yeah, I don't feel like it was liked much. We, we've obviously talked a lot about it, had a lot of conflicting views, and you probably will too. It seems like audiences mostly do on this one. So if you've listened to us and this sounds like something you'd probably be into, you'll probably like it. But for me, this one's a pass. Um, it's not really what I wanted out of this. And all the other stuff like the camera shots, the acting, the setting, I thought that was all great. The cabin was really cool. It was great. But the plot structure is just not very good for me. I didn't like the way it laid out at all. And for that alone, I'm giving it a pass because I disliked it that much. So it this is a step above a lot of other horror stuff. But yeah, I, I got to give this one a pass. Yeah, this was not what I thought it was going to be or even what I wanted. I mean, I don't know how I could ever wanted a movie that would come out like this one did. Anything that has, like, sad people and social awkwardness, ugh, that's just, that's the stuff of my nightmares right there. But I do think, you know, it is a pretty decent overall movie. I think there is a lot of background information here that builds on the characters. Like I've said, my fiancé and I have gotten months of discussions about character motivations and oh this guy said this and the little girl says this and oh there was this thing in the background so i think for that reason it is a watch it is pretty divisive i think it is kind of fun to watch these divisive movies even if you don't like it which you know 50 50 you might not like it but at least you can chat about it with folks and i think that's the real value in what we do so i'll watch it from fox yeah i'm pretty conflicted on this one i just uh man like Seriously, like I said earlier, I think this movie, I, when I was watching it for the first like half of it, I was like, man, this might just be one of my favorite horror movies ever made. And then that just the plot goes in a totally different direction than I wanted it to. And it, it really felt unsatisfying to me, but uh, I don't know. 
like I said, it did spook me pretty good for some reason. Um, I think the characters are all really good. I might not like the plot choices, but I think I like the characters for the most part. The kids are pretty horrible people, um, but, you know, I think they get their comeuppance, so there's that. Mm, uh, hmm, I, I'm really conflicted here. I don't know where I'm going to land. I'm going to give it a pass, I think, honestly. I think just... Uh, it just it it, it kind of didn't stick the landing, and I think that's really what it needed to do. Just it built up so much hype for me, and then it just it lost it. So I think just the disappointment of that, I'm gonna give it a pass. There's a saying I like. I think I've said it on here before. Bad writers subvert expectations, and good writers exceed expectations. This is a classic case of that. Um, this movie's complete junk. I don't get what some of our co-hosts see in this that they liked because I saw boring, underdeveloped for the most part, um, bad character motivations, terrible story. Um, it's just, ugh, it's so bad and contradicting and almost every single scene it feels like. And because of that, it's laughable to me and I didn't find it scary. I didn't buy the kids because they couldn't act very well. The the main girl, uh, Grace, her actress is okay, but, I mean, you can see better stuff from Hereditary, so go watch that, since this one was very keen to ape it in the <laughs> first part of the movie. Yeah, I didn't like this at all, um, so I'm gonna burn it. This is junk. You don't waste your time on this. Just go watch Hereditary. That's much better. Hey, so that's a pass, I think, right? I think so. It was close, though. I couldn't decide where I wanted to land, but I had to go with my gut. I don't think the first half was just good enough for me to pull it up to uh, watch it. So it was a good decision. <laughs> I think for me, when it just ended, I was like, man, this is kind of stupid. Why? <laughs> if you see Good Night Mommy, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I do want to watch that one. I will give these directors another chance. This was their American debut. Oh, really? Good Night Mommy's a foreign film? It's German. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, well what's coming up next? Is this going to be our, our Christmas release or what? Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? That's my pick. I got choices, but not a traditional choice. All right, so you get a pick from two Christmas songs, and then that judges what movie's getting picked. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> we got Jingle Bells or... Oh, what was the other one? Santa Claus is coming to town. Is one of these Krampus? <laughs> I will say no. Not one of these is not Krampus. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if that's Santa. As much as I wanted to pick Krampus, I not neither choice is Krampus. That's the only hint I'll give you. Hmm. See, I thought you were gonna pick Krampus, but I've been my <laughs> I've been subverted. My expectations have been subverted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got him, boys. <laughs> going with Jingle Bells. Yeah, I'll go with Jingle Bells as well, I think. I guess I'll give in to their peer pressure and do the same. All right. Well, we're doing uh, Batman Returns. Oh, is that the one with the penguin? Yeah, with the penguin. Danny DeVito. There's Jingle Bells Batman smells. <laughs> what was the other one? The other one was going to be Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ooh. I thought it was a little too on the nose to say Silent Night, so I went with <laughs> Santa Claus. But it's about a guy who like dresses up as Santa and kills people, so I'm excited. I want some Batman in my life. I, I feel like I have, maybe I've only seen bits and pieces on TV, but I know I've seen the 89 one a few times, but I haven't seen the sequel very often, so... I'll save my hot takes on 89 for the review. <laughs> But in the meantime, if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us, uh, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, um, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the lodge. It's pretty divisive. I'd like to hear if you liked it or disliked it. Um, let us know about Christmas movies you like to watch, all that kind of stuff. We want to know. Yeah, hit us up. Man, I'm glad you picked a Michael Keaton movie. We just watched like uh, Beetlejuice the other day. Well, a couple weeks ago, I guess. And I was like, oh, man, it's not my favorite. It's okay. Give me some, like, not disgusting Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? 
You've heard it. Get in contact with us and give us non-gross Michael Keaton movies, too. Yeah. What's your favorite Michael Keaton movie? Lay it on us. It's probably Beetlejuice. I know it is. All you people. Don't insult the listeners. Yeah, how dare they like you. Beetlejuice, <laughs> they have every right to. I feel like I've always been insulted because I just say it's okay. It's called Winona Ryder, so I hate to say it's just okay. You know, yeah, she's not that good. Oh, okay, I'm going to get us out of here before we keep going. Too hot of a take. Too hot of a take. We got to go. Dan's too <laughs> hot tonight. I got hot takes for days. We got to get the, the hose to cool them off. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off.